I, I try to tell people who, you know, ask if, if we're still doing the podcast. We, we passed the year mark not too long ago. And uh, when I'm trying to explain what it is, I just say, well, we used to work together. So we talked about all this stuff in the office and now we don't work together. So we have a podcast. <laughs> this is like the, 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 the main pitch, right? That's it. That is it. And I, I for one, I'm a big, I'm a big, big time eavesdropper. I just like to hear people just having conversations. So that, that to me would be a good pitch for a show. In fact, there's been some uh, episodes of the talk show lately, and I'm trying to think. Some episodes of other podcasts too, where I just I, I kind of feel like you know this is not as good as it always is, but I do just enjoy I just enjoy hearing a any conversation about anything, even if I'm not that interested in it. But just some people that I like and just see what they think. Do you zone out when uh, when John Gruber and Jason Snell are together and they start talking about baseball for thirty minutes? John Gruber and Jason Snell is one of the greatest podcast duos out there. I love when Jason Snell is on the talk show. Yeah, I love Jason Snell just in general. Um, I, I like don't, pretty much. Don't we all? Yeah, I mean, pretty much any podcast he's on. Uh, but I also enjoy. I really enjoy the talk show. So having those two together, which seems to happen like two or three times a year, maybe uh, on that show. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's always good, and uh, I, I'm. It's it's funny that you bring up the talk show because there was an episode not too long ago where they where he talked about, or maybe it was on this um, there's this new podcast with uh, the Italian guy, what's his name, Federico, um, about like writers. I can't remember the name. I have not listened to that yet, but but I need they to. they had John Gruber on. We'll put it in the show notes, but they had John Gruber on for their like their launch episodes, and it was two parts, and it was all about uh, writing on the internet. So the the basic gist of this podcast is they interview different different types of writers, and so far they've had um, like video game writers on, and screenplay writers, and songwriters. But but their very first one was with John Gruber from uh, Daring Daring Fireball, and it was all about writing online. Um, but some of the things they talked about in that, I think it was in that those episodes, was how, you know, he's primarily a writer, but now the podcast kind of has slowly creeped in and made so much money for him that, like, he doesn't really want to do a podcast all the time, but, like, he has to because he sells ads and he's committed. I think he said it's, like, three podcasts a month. So he doesn't quite do one a week, right? There's times where he'll have bigger gaps. And if you've listened to that podcast, you know there's times where it's just like, what, what's going on right now? Um, but he talks about how important podcasting is to his his bottom dollar now that he he has to do them. Like he, he sells the ads and then is like, oh, uh, guess I need to guess I need to knock one out this week. And whoa, 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 whoa. So I, I didn't think about this. So have you ever looked at what uh, sponsorships cost on the talk show? And then no. right here is the Accidental Tech Podcast um, because they're sold by the same person. Um, 
and they both claim 75,000 listeners. The Accidental Tech Podcast is weekly. The talk show is three times monthly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Accidental Tech Podcast is 5,500. Now, I, I always took that per episode, but that's per sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it's 5,000 for the talk show per sponsorship. And they almost always have three. So you're looking at fifteen to $17,000 per episode. So how can we boil that down to our 20s, our 20s of listeners? <laughs> what would that equate to? Uh, let's see. So we're, uh, we're three times monthly on a good month. On a good month. So we'll, we'll, we'll take the talk shows. Uh, rate here. So five thousand dollars divided by seventy-five thousand listeners is six uh, or seven cents per listener. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we're pulling in a solid buck eighty. I'll take it. And I mean, we'll split yeah. it. So you know, of course, you know, it's good. I'll take it. Cents a piece. You know, that's. That's a that's a soda at Axiom, and you got forty cents left over. Right. Hey, so I did mention, you know, things are a little tight, but they have not stopped the fifty cents vending machine. So everything in the vending machine is still fifty cents. So yeah, like you, you know, I could I could get some. Uh, what's down there that I like? Sweet tarts. I could get some some sweet tarts. I could get. Uh, Sometimes they have the big cat, but just the single one, not, well, I guess it is just a single one, usually, unless you get, I don't know, a king size, maybe. I don't know. So I could get, yeah, I could get like one uh, candy bar um, a month. I'm fine with that. I don't know how math works. I just wonder where all that, I, I, well, okay, I guess, I guess hosting for a podcast like that costs a lot more than nothing. That's for, that's for sure. I mean, if you're pulling down yes. seventy five thousand downloads, uh, I wonder how I wonder how much that hosting costs, because basically you're looking at fifty five hundred per host per week on the Accidental Tech Podcast, right? Yeah, because they always have they always have three. That's nice. So, I mean, if you know. If you've wondered how can Casey uh, quit his job, there you go. That's probably that's probably the lion's share of his income is is coming from. Well, I, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Have you used uh, his app Vignette? You know, I know what you know about me and how notoriously cheap I am when it comes to buying apps uh, in the app store. But I actually did buy it um, as soon as it as soon as it was announced because. I have always been on the search for that type of app and I've used several free ones and I know they're always just taking my address book and doing who knows what with it. And so I always feel weird about it. Usually what happens is I'll, I'll download an app like that, use it once and then delete it, which I know doesn't help anything because all they needed was the, the access the one time it makes me feel better, uh, you know, up here. But uh, anyway, so yeah, when, when I saw that he was, creating an app that would update the photos in your contact book. But his whole thing is, you know, trying to do it in a really privacy compliant way where he's not, uh, you know, he's not 
doing anything with which i guess you're just taking him for his word on it i don't know i'm sure there's some i'm sure the way he has it set up he doesn't have any access to it but anyway it goes through it updates your profile pictures in your contacts i like that it's not it's not super great sometimes like um i actually <laughs> actually had a hilarious conversation with my sister which i don't i don't talk to her very often um, so that when I was texting her, her picture came up and it was, uh, an African-American male child was <laughs> the picture for her. And my sister is not male, nor is she African-American. So, and as far as I know, I don't have an African-American nephew somewhere out there. I mean, I, I guess it's technically possible. I, I don't know. I don't know. I hope she never hears this. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was comical because I don't know I don't know what's I I guess there's another Amanda her last name on Facebook that right. is is tripping off the uh the search engine. So I hope it gets a little and it's not the app's fault, I guess. It's it's the data I have about my sister in my contact book is is part of the problem. Um but yeah, I'm hoping it gets gets a little a little better and they actually talked about that some this week on the accidental tech podcast about ways to make that app better um but i don't i don't regret that 499 purchase and uh i like being able to keep the contacts in my phone with with fresh photos i, I don't know why i care it's not like i get a lot of phone calls but when i'm sending that i message i want to know i want to see who i'm talking to philip so it turns out that on the iPhone SE, it does not show profile pictures oh, in your wow. list of iMessage uh, threads. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no wiggle room to be had there. So it just shows you all the text it can. Well, and, and to, be, to be honest, I do most of my iMessaging on, on Mac OS, honestly. I mean, that's where I'm probably, probably doing the lion's share, especially now that Brittany and I have our own Slack. In terms of just using iMessage, it's mostly happening on my laptop or my iMac. So I, I don't. It shows profile pictures there, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. Real estate's not a problem on on there, though. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Yeah, I actually did very similarly in that right when it was released, I went in, saw that it could find a whole bunch of new photos for contacts and i was actually telling blair about it and she said oh yeah that's cool and i said yeah i'm just gonna get it it's 4.99 she was like really i was like yeah she gets it she gets it finally I mean, someone I, understands everyone gets it right i mean by and large but at the same time it's like i to me, like, I wonder the amount of value that I've gotten out of the Accidental Tech Podcast every week for uh, probably almost five years now. I mean, it's an enormous amount of value. So I, I like I like supporting those guys. Anyways, yeah, no, I mean, I'm right there with you. It, I think it's different when you know who the developer is. That's a big. Big difference, yeah. Right. To me, anytime it's anytime it's even just just indie development at all, um, I just like there to be good, good varied options out there, and just little utilities like that 
um, just any incentive we can have to have that sort of stuff. And like you say, to not just be ruled by like Facebook used to do it um, when it was baked into iOS. I mean, that, right. that's honestly why, why, why the app can be as good as it is in a lot of ways. Cause Facebook used to go through and like you say, it would find, uh, it would find people on Facebook with the name of your contact. And usually that was the actual person, but sometimes it was a different person that just had the same name. Um, but it used to be that Facebook would go get all the profile pictures from Facebook and put them in. And I think Twitter did the same when it used to be baked in to the to iOS. But they did. They've been, yeah. They've been ripped out. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it just, just more and more is just taken over by the big, huge companies. So any uh any indie activity is appreciated i was um i was noticeably uh absent in my in, in prime day this year i think britney britney kept sending me things and i'm like i just i just don't i don't know you know like at one point she sent um you know like the echo dot and I'm like, we we have an Echo Dot, and it's fine. And I have nowhere else that I want one, you know? Like, really? It's, I can't think of anywhere else where it would be super useful to me. Now, I have it hmm. in the kitchen, and that's where where we primarily use it, right? Oh, mainly, mainly what it's used for is for timers. And we use it a lot for that. Um, occasionally, the kids will ask it questions. Um, but I just can't think of another place where it would be that useful to me. The caveat being that I have a HomePod in the living room. So, and make no mistake about it, the, the, the echoes are way better at answering questions, understanding what I'm asking them and then being able, being capable to answer them. Um, but I just, I don't know. Like, I, I can't think of where else I would, would have one. I know you have one in the sunroom i'm assuming you also have one in your kitchen so we started with an echo dot in the kitchen many moons ago at this point uh but actually probably just two years ago maybe two two and a half years ago we picked up an echo dot and had that in the kitchen and that's all we had for a while and then we picked up i don't remember how this all happened but where we've ended up <laughs> is we have an Echo in the kitchen now. We have an Echo Dot in our bedroom, along with a Google Mini that sits right next to it that I got really cheap during the holidays one time just to just to try it. And honestly, it is really good uh, at answering questions. Like it is, it is really a Google machine and is very impressive. Um, and then a lot of times, like I'll, I'll try to ask the echo about like general knowledge stuff. And if it's baked in, it'll tell you it straight away. And if it's not, it does not have any idea what to say to you. And, uh, the Google mini, it, it obviously just very much goes and does that search on Google and basically just tells you the information that is in the very first link and Google being what it is. That's usually very, very helpful. So uh, we, we enjoy having that. We'll just ask it questions even when we're just like talking about something or we'll see something on TV and wonder 
you know, who's married to who or who's this old or who was in that movie or whatever it may be. So we have uh, the Echo in the kitchen. We have the Echo Dot in the bedroom. We have an Echo Dot in the sunroom. We have an Echo Dot in the playroom. We have Goodness. an Echo Dot in the girls' room. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the playroom and the girls' room are our second-generation Echo Dots. Uh, all the rest of them are third-generation Echo Dots, which are noticeably better, way better sound. They're a little bigger, and it, it definitely, I say it shows, it really... Uh, is hearable. I don't know what the other term there. Um, it listens. That's what it does. Okay. So, uh, so I picked up a Echo Dot from Amazon on Prime Day to put in our living room. Was the was the intention? I actually wanted to get an Echo for the living room, but they were sold out of the Echo. I didn't. I didn't get to finish my Prime. Actually, like complete my Prime Day shopping until the end of the second day. And anyways, the Echo was sold out um, on Amazon. So I just picked up an Echo Dot. It was going to be just fine. I'll throw it in the living room. And that'll pretty much complete the <laughs> the house. I, th- I, I, th- I actually think Hosea would like one in his room. They like to ask for the weather, and they'll put music on. Um, and they'll j- just also ask it silly questions. They'll ask it for jokes, and they'll ask it, uh, this, that, and the other. So they they enjoy it. Um, but uh, I was at Target the other day because um, we were shopping on tax-free weekend for school supplies. And I saw that they had Echo Dots for $22. And then I get it with my red card. You're looking basically like $21 after tax Yeah, for an Echo Dot. And so I started thinking and scheming and remembering that one thing that I saw that actually was released, I think, last fall, is that you can stereo pair Echoes or Echo Dots and, and, and the like, um, especially they have to be like devices. So I thought, eh, when I get home, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. I actually hadn't opened the, the Echo Dot that I got on Prime Day, but it's sitting in, the, sitting in the room. So I pulled it out. I put it in the sunroom across the room from the existing Echo Dot that's in the sunroom, stereo paired them, put on some music, and it's really nice. Yeah. And I mean, you're looking at two, you know, like $20, $25 devices, combine those two, and, you know, in a, in a fine size, not enormous room, it sounds really good. And so I thought, yeah, okay, I like this. I think I'm going to probably get two Echo Dots and stereo pair them in the living room. And We'll be we'll be good to go, and I'll get one for Hosea's room because he asked for one, and can't have one in the girls' room without giving Hosea one. That wouldn't be fair. <laughs> and then I started searching on Target, and actually, Target had twenty-two-dollar Echo Dots, but they also had fifty-dollar Echoes, just like Amazon had them on Prime Day. And so I said, okay, yeah, actually, we're getting an Echo for the living room, and I picked up an Echo Dot in white and an Echo Dot in gray just because all the other ones we have are black so i figured hey why not um that makes it easy for me to decide i'm getting two because i'm just getting two of these other colors we don't have and rock and roll so it's nice just because we can put on music just throughout the house and i even have it set up for different combinations like we just have like the main area so that's just kind of the kitchen the sunroom the living room we have the whole entire house so that's everybody's rooms and all the center rooms you know uh, especially when we're like when we have like a big like cleaning spree and everybody's all around the house uh putting stuff away and 
Um, then it's always nice just to have music throughout throughout the house. What are you using uh, for music subscription on these devices? Is it Amazon's Amazon's music subscription or so? So it's been pulling a bunch of Prime music. Um, I don't know if they've increased what is what is part of Prime Music, but um, we don't have an Amazon Music subscription. We have Apple Music and we have Spotify. So it's, I, I think we had it set up as Apple Music. And I've been having trouble with the, I don't know if it's the, I didn't know if it was the Echo or Apple Music, but I was asking it for like specific songs or specific albums. And it would just like not understand and it would play something completely different. Um, so anyways, I actually switched it to Spotify. Uh, I think yesterday, just to see if that helped. Um, we have both of those with with student discounts for another six months to a year. So we'll we'll probably have to decide which one we go with. I'm really hoping that Spotify gets enough shortcut support that really works well um, with the addition of being able to use parameters as part of a shortcut. Um, basically say, you know, play and then actually give it a, a variable, you know, a name of a artist or name of a album. But there is a lot of question as to well, how Spotify going to do that with its enormous catalog. It really, really can't necessarily have it baked into all your shortcuts, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Because um, I, I just really, really love uh, voice control of, of music. Um, that's that's the only thing I like Apple Music for, but I like it very very much for that. Um, but so uh, so really just uh, just echoes everywhere. I always wonder who uh, you know who buys these things, and I, I, it's you. It <laughs> you bought how really many do you have? So, <laughs> so we have two second generation Echo Dots. We have one, two, three. Uh, three third generation with two more coming, so we'll have five of those, and then we'll have two echoes once the second one comes in. So that's two plus five is seven plus two is is nine. The math with some of those being stereo paired. I mean, uh, two of them, <laughs> two of them being stereo paired. So it's only eight eight locations. Right. Okay. All right. So kind of related to you having all these. Echo devices everywhere, being able to ask questions, sort of somewhat related. Just hear me out. I feel like I have found my own answer to CarPlay now. And it's because, it's because since we last had a podcast, I have, have purchased Apple AirPods too. I don't know what they actually call them. Oh, yeah. Um, the, whatever. The, AirPods too. The latest generation of AirPods. And second generation. Yes. <laughs> and man, let me tell you, first off, you and I, we both, we both went in hard day one when the AirPods came out. Um, I remember Literal day one. Yes. I remember I was driving to work and I got the notification. I don't even know how I got it, like, or where I saw it, but I feel like I got a pop-up notification, but surely it didn't come from Apple. But I just don't, I, I can't imagine where it came from, but I feel like it was a pop-up um, and I just, man, went right into the Apple store, bought them, didn't even think about it. And usually I really think about stuff like that. Um, I just went all in, loved them. And of course we've documented my AirPod troubles 
in past episodes with the battery so life. In, in, into the Apple Store online or in the app, you mean? In the app, yeah, in, in the app. Right, okay. Um, got in, day one, boom. Uh, so, you know, and, and then I think you had a similar story where you, you were able to find, or there, there was going to be a delay, but they ended up coming in sooner. So we have loved these things from the beginning. We've marveled about their usability and just the little things like how well they pair with, with all of your Apple devices and how, you know, since recently I bought these, these nice Sony headphones. It's so, it's so frustrating that you just have to go back to the old standard Bluetooth pairing shenanigans. Um, Anyway, I wasn't sure I was going to get new AirPods because I didn't really know, you know, where would they fit into my life? And we talked about it and you really helped me uh, realize that, yeah, they could, they could still fit into my life and, and maybe last even longer if I'm not using them as uh, notoriously as I was my, my first generation. So anyway, got new AirPods. Um, and I love wearing one in the car because I can be driving and I can just, I can just talk to Siri, right? I, I can just, I love having that capability built into the AirPods now. Um, and I think we've talked in the past where I, I liked having it in, in the, the Apple Watch Series 4 as well, just that, that raise to Siri or whatever they call it. Um, but I love having it in the car because I feel like now I'm getting all the benefits that I hear you talk about with CarPlay. I'm just getting it literally in my, in my ear, in, in one of my ears. Um, I can tell it to switch to the next podcast or uh, play this music. I can ask what's next on my calendar. All this great stuff. Reply to text messages, which seems to be what you mainly do <laughs> with, with CarPlay um, based on our chat histories at time at times and man i just i'm really enjoying that because i doubt i don't know when i'll ever have a vehicle that has carplay because that would that would involve me getting a newer vehicle and i just don't know if i'm ever i I don't know when or what situation would make that happen where i would get a, a vehicle that's new enough to to be able to even have carplay but i feel like i have it now with with my airpods and I didn't I didn't think that that would be something that I would would love about them. I'll say they're just as magical as they always were, right? Um and you mentioned it in a in a past episode, but the the chip it's so much faster. I feel like the reliability is so much better. Like I I can I feel like I know consistently what's going to happen now when I put them in and I'm not playing that guessing game or like taking one out and putting it back in to try and force it to pair. Um, just all of that's better. And then with the addition of Siri, I feel like they're just, they're just great. They're just as magical. And and I, I splurged a little and got the wireless charging, but they were $20 off when I bought them. So I felt a little bit better about that. Um, I'm just all in on wireless charging now. Chargers are so cheap and easy to find. And it's just so convenient to just lay it down. I know that sounds really silly, but once you've been doing it, it's just it's just such a better experience. It definitely is. It 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 does sound silly and I thought that it would be only slightly better, but 
it, it really is just so much less friction, L- literally and figuratively. It's just so much less friction because truth be told, you put your phone down or your AirPods down a lot already. So you really just have to do absolutely nothing different except for not plug it in. And not doing something is really nice to do. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful way to say it. And again, I, I, I feel ridiculous saying it, but wireless charging is just, it's just a better experience to me, you know? And, and plus, the more and more things move to USB-C, I just, I'm not carrying around lightning cables very much now. And so to not have to manage that at my nightstand or in my bag or at work, it's just, you know, hey, it's not like you had to worry about it very often anyway, because the case holds a charge for so long and each AirPod holds a good amount of charge. So just being able to, hey, I got some time, just going to set these down while I'm at work or at home. It just makes that whole process less intensive because I'm never having to really worry about are my AirPods charged because now that I have wireless chargers pretty much anywhere I would be for an extended period of time, I just set them down and, and, and don't have to worry about it. And when it comes to battery management, right, that's what you want. You, don't, you want to not have to worry about it as much as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. I found this note. Um, from some things I added to show notes, this is back in June, apparently, that um, I feel like AirPods, with the addition of Hey Assistant, is really getting closer to some sort of like Google Glass or AR glasses for the ears, in that it's just this other interface that just like you would look down at your watch or just like you would scroll on your phone, to get information, then you can basically just ask for it out of the air. And it's a very interesting experience using using it on the AirPods because it some it doesn't work as, as fast as really any other device. But it is very reliable that even though it takes, I don't know, five to seven seconds a lot of times to respond. Then it it seems to it seems to always kind of get it right, which is really nice. And um, and I've actually been doing some things like I'll ask it to skip forward so much time. So like when I've been like doing dishes and I get to an ad break, I'll skip forward. You know, depending on the podcast, a minute, minute and a half, two minutes. And yeah, it it takes five seconds for it to process that takes three seconds for it to do it so it takes 10 seconds total let's say but it's still way less than the minute and a half that i would have had to just wait for it to get through um through the ad break so i've I've really been enjoying doing that and same with volume i i find it to be much less weird to me to just be doing something and just to just say hey turn turn the volume up turn the volume down i also i will talk to siri basically anywhere now like at my desk i just talk to siri all all the time and uh, the, to me it is just this great interface that at some point people are gonna just accept and so i'm just accepting it now 
it's funny because I've never been a Siri user on the phone. Like, I, I just never really cared about it. It didn't seem that useful to me. But the more and more devices I have that don't rely on me really paying attention to a screen for answers or just having that type of response mechanism, I use it on the HomePod, I use it on the watch now, and I use it on the AirPods more than I've ever used it on the phone for as long as it's been on the phone, which of course is where it started. So I don't know what that says about how these these virtual assistants are more useful as just audio only. I, I, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe it's just, it's kind of sounds like you're, I mean, you have been a big Siri user from the beginning, but what you just said kind of, I can relate to it as the more and more that I'm finding it on other devices where I'm not having to necessarily pay attention to the device as much. I don't know. It just seems more useful when I can just talk to it and not have to hold anything or think about it. I just talk and it responds. And I find much more utility in that than I have ever had to, you know, to use it on the phone. Yeah, the Apple Watch really did that for me with Siri. Um, I remember that really being the, the principal thing that I loved about the Apple Watch immediately is that not, not only, well, that I would just be able to, without pulling out my phone, obviously. And then eventually, it wasn't even just that, oh, I can keep my phone in my pocket and I don't have to pull it out. I really was able to just, I would put my phone down in the kitchen. And when I was just around the house with the kids, I wouldn't always know exactly where my phone was. And I wouldn't necessarily just like carry it in my pocket around everywhere. But I would have my watch on, so it would it would ping me. You know, I wouldn't have to hear it and I wouldn't have to hear the terrible vibration of a phone that I cannot stand. Um, and I will, I'll never not be able to have an Apple watch at this point because I can't have my phone vibrate. I'm not going to have it ring. So I, I did for a while when I would take off my Apple watch, I would just, I would just not be able to be contacted because <laughs> I wouldn't have my phone. I, I don't have my phone vibrate. Um, and I would I would forget to put my ringer on. So I actually try to always remember to put my ringer on whenever I take my watch off during uh, during those times. But anyways, um, to me the great part was just that you put your phone down and, and now you have your now you just have your watch on. But it was also just that while I was going about things, I would see something we needed to get at the grocery store, and so I would just tell the watch. And you know, back then Series Zero days especially, you would just tell it, and then. You just kind of left it to to handle the request over a minute or two. But by and large, it eventually put it in the reminders list that syncs up to any list that we use um, for for communicating about about groceries. And so just being able to say, hey, remind me of this when I get to work. Remind me of this, you know, when I'm at work, I'll say, you know, remind me about this when I'm uh, when I leave here or when I get home or one of the things I really like to do is that I can say, remind me at this location and this time. So like I'll say, remind me when I get to work in the morning. And when you do that, then it puts a location of when I arrive at work, but it also gives a in the morning, which I think it makes 9am. And so I basically just get, I bet get one when I get there at 730, 745. 
And then I get one, you know, if, if I got busy and forgot about that, then it's going to ping me again at, at 9 a.m. Same sort of thing. I'll say, you know, remind me when I get home tonight. And so it's a when I arrive at home and also a 7 p.m. Uh, as well. So it's, you know, a, a dual type of alert, which I, I really enjoy that sort of thing. Um, and I mean, reminders, just messages. I mean, that, I loved that about the Apple watch from the very beginning was whenever I was just headed home, I would just say, you know, tell Blair I'm headed home. And whenever I was, you know, around, around town, I mean, just be able to respond to things. Um, and, and just feeling okay about just responding, just really, really succinctly and especially the people that knew i had an apple watch like i felt like that was a more acceptable response because you knew maybe i wasn't answering you know maybe i had to speak it and so obviously it's going to be this short you're um, just such a curt person philip <laughs> that's that's what many people say about me they right say, exactly you know, yeah. not 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 enough words with that one <laughs> it was it was a big prime day Wow, household. I didn't. We didn't. We didn't buy a single thing. I don't know. Uh, I just. I don't know. I just didn't get excited about it. Yeah, I. I've been trying to. I. I basically tried to about. Oh, winish. I mean, basically between Black Friday and and Prime Day, my question always is like, well, like, could we just wait until? That day or that day, because um, you know it's going to be the cheapest it's ever going to be. Just period. It's just it's just the way it is. Um, so I mean, I, like I, I wanted, I thought about getting some Echo Dots, Fire TV Stick 4Ks. We 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 have so many Fire TV Sticks in this house. We might have not quite as many as Echoes, but all, very very close. And at this point, I've got all Fire TV Stick 4Ks on every TV in the house. Um, and we only have one 4K TV, so that seems a little strange. <laughs> but the 4K... You're just future-proofing? Uh, so as far as resolution, I'm not really future-proofing that much. Because um, if all, all other things being equal, if, if it was just better resolution, then I wouldn't get those for the kids' rooms, especially because I doubt they're ever going to... Uh, they'll, they'll probably never have a 4K TV mostly because they're they're probably not going to have like a forty plus inch TV and, you, and they're not going to make like thirty two inch four K TVs. <laughs> so so anyways, um, so I, I would get just regular Fire TV six and they sell so with the latest sales and it's been fifteen bucks for a a ten eighty p Fire TV stick, but then twenty five dollars for the Fire TV stick four K. Well, I, I went and did some dig in and the fire tv stick 4k also just has a better processor and it is so quick like it is you just click a button and it's just done like you were in the app you click a button and it just starts playing the episode and i'll i'll tell you i mean when we're putting on a, a show before they go to go to sleep like every moment that you can just get this show on so that they can just zone out and get tired and go to sleep is is a good moment because anytime there's any lag, then like that was like, oh, we gotta figure out another show to get, and no, I don't want to watch that. And then you just hit the button, it plays, and I love it. And 
these new remotes. So this is what really got me into the Fire TV 4K is this new remote. And I think I showed you this remote. And if I didn't, then I'm sorry, I should have. I'm not a very good friend. But this new, have you seen the new Fire TV Stick remote? I don't think so. So you know what the Fire TV Stick remote looks like, I assume. It's a, it's a D-pad with a select in the middle, the you know, standard five-way, as they say, which never made any sense to me until <laughs> probably too recently that I want to <laughs> admit. I was like, five ways? What in the world are you talking about? <laughs> but you know, up, down, left, right, and, and press in. Um, so there's that at the top, and then below that, you've got like home, back, and menu, and then you've got play, rewind, and fast forward below that. So they added... A power button at the top, which turns the TV on, and then they added volume at the bottom, and they added a mute button at the very bottom. And I love that mute button because especially, we've been watching a lot more Hulu, and Hulu's got these like 90 second ad breaks. And it's all the same ads over and over again. And I really just enjoy, it just gets on my nerves. And I feel like my brain like never gets a break. And I tell you what, 90 seconds of silence every now and then is just, it's great. And in between, you know, you can like try to absorb like what just happened in The Handmaid's Tale, which has been crazy lately. Um, but I, so I really love, love the Mute Switch. Um, it really bothers me that the that the Apple TV remote doesn't have it. Um, what are you talking there's just about? No good way. The Apple TV remote no is perfect in every way possible, Philip. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I actually don't mind the trackpad to a large degree, um, and you can use the trackpad as a D pad. Like I don't know how many people know this, but if you tap on the right side and tap on the left side, it'll go left and right. Same with up and down. Like if you tap on the trackpad on the basically like think of it as like four regions um it'll, it'll go left right up and down for you um and i love the 10 second skip like to me that is that's a great like, i that's a great gesture on the edges um back when i back when i was consuming the walking dead at an incredible pace um i really enjoyed the what did they just say feature where it'll back it up 15 seconds and turn on subtitles it's probably one thing that got me actually into watching it with subtitles all the time because this is before i started watching things with subtitles all the time was that sometimes and i guess when you do that like three times in one episode or something like that it just, it'll just leave the subtitles on <laughs> after the third time you do it it's like listen this is getting ridiculous <laughs> just <laughs> here they are and so a lot of times i would go turn them off but then sometimes i just ended up leaving them on and actually no huh, that was really nice and so so it began, but where was I? So th the remote is great. Like I love it because it's one remote. It takes care of the TV power. It takes care of the TV volume and you can use Alexa because it's got the, it's got the microphone button at the top with the microphone part of the remote. You can use Alexa to change inputs. It's freaking awesome. So I mean, you just got this one remote change between inputs you put stuff on it is it's fabulous i love it that does so pretty, does sound pretty useful i'll give you that yeah it, you know really 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 nice um and especially because so it really made me first think about the kids um 
TVs that we have in their room because every single night we put a show on for them before they go to sleep because um, it's just the way that they chill out and have done for their whole entire lives is they just zone out for 22 minutes with some Paw Patrol or something and then now they're ready to go to sleep. Um, but every single night we're grabbing two remotes, hitting power, and then you know putting the show on with the Fire TV Stick remote and then at the end, you know, we're turning the Fire TV Stick back to home and turning the TV off. So I just said, you know, this is gonna be—it's gonna be great in there. And then in all the other rooms, I'm like, no, it'd be great in here. Let's 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 do it. And at twenty-five bucks a pop, um, I just couldn't say no, especially because we also picked up a Fire TV recast. You know anything about the Fire TV recast? So it looks like a cube, right? It's like a a, a it looks box. It looks like a big uh a big rectangular prism ipad mini like it's a little bigger than an ipad mini i think actually and it's got really sharp corners but it's made out of like you know uh, amazon plastic um which is which is pretty soft um but anyways so the recast you plug one over the air antenna into it and then at every single one of your fire tv sticks then you can just access that antenna feed at every single one of them. Um, I say every single one of them. It's actually, so it has a number of tuners. Um, the one we got has four tuners and it has a terabyte hard drive for 150 hours or so of, of DVR content. So basically it's, it's like a over the air DVR. Um, so, you know, you're big four channels, especially. So I, I, I was just, thinking you know as, as football season gets closer and we canceled our direct tv back in february and you know the espn app does all right and we'll get a lot of stuff that way but i love the dvr because you can start recording something and especially with football like i'll let it get to through the first quarter and then i just start at the beginning and then i just skip between plays i skip you know all the commercials i skip halftime and l- love watching it that way um and so, you know, I just thought, well, it's an interesting idea. And they had it, they had a hundred bucks off on Prime Day. So I picked it up and it works really well. And can't you also, it has Alexa built in as well, right? So you can just, you can tell it to like turn on the TV and. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. I well, remember when so, it, so the recast doesn't, it just hooks up to your network and an antenna and that's it. Power. Power it Wi-Fi or Ethernet's to your network, and then you plug an over-the-air antenna into it. That is that is it. So it actually sits in the corner of our house by a window. Because that's one thing that's really nice is that you can really position your antenna for best reception because it doesn't have to be next to any of your TVs. It doesn't yeah. have to be. Ne- I mean, and it's got Wi-Fi, so it doesn't have to be next to your router. Um, um. So I mean, it's been been really nice for us, but. You can just like record things um, with Alexa and you can even record things just you can just tell an echo to record this or record that. Um, so that that's really nice, too. I am not familiar with the Fire TV recast. What I thought you were talking about at first was the uh, Fire TV Cube. I don't think I ever even yes. heard the uh, recast uh, announced, but it sounds amazing. I my only challenge is I just don't know. Uh, well, for, I mean, for one, I wouldn't need the four tuner when I would just need two. 
but I just don't know. I don't know. I just don't know how much benefit I would get out of it. Um, but it sounds like a really great thing and meets a really interesting need that I think more and more people have as they've, you know, more and more cord cutters out in the world. Um, but depending on where you live, it can be hard to get a good signal sometimes, but being able to free up where you're putting your receiver and then pairing it with a device like this, if you're in that, that Amazon landscape, um, this is a really cool thing. And no, I, I, I thought you were talking about the, uh, the Fire TV Cube, which is not what you were talking about at all. Yeah, so uh, we definitely can't get a great signal really easily here in West Conway. Um, but they do have these amplifiers for antennas. Have you seen these? Where it's basically like a splitter that one end of the splitter goes off to the wall because it's powered. And then the other end of the splitter goes to a coaxial. And then, so it's basically like a powered coaxial amplifier mm -hmm. is what it is. And so it, you know, tries to, tries to double the range of, of the antenna. And it can, if you're, if you're too close to a station, it can, it can kind of throw it too far out. And, and now you might not get that station that's really close. But we don't have any stations <laughs> that are really no. close, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, so that's kind of the only way that we will get like Fox 16. Fox 16 is really the only one that uh, of the big four that we have any problem uh, getting a, a good signal for. But uh, so I'm, I'm kind of looking around for, for the best antenna. I, I picked one up at Sam's Club um, because it, it, it's so easy to take stuff back to Sam's Club. So I just figured, eh, I'll, I'll try this. If it works great, I'll just keep it. Um, and if, it, if it's not the best, then it's really easy to, to take stuff back there. Yeah, the, the other challenge I think I would have um, with this is I just don't know if I'm ready to jump onto the, the Fire TV uh, bandwagon like, like you have. I mean, you, it sounds like you have them <laughs> much like your, uh, your Echo Dots. You have them all throughout your, your home. And, and I'm more of a, I'm more stuck on the Apple TV life simply because I still use iTunes for managing, you know, movies and, and things like that. And I, I like being able to, to, to do that. Um, I, I still manage movies way more through iTunes than I do uh, and if I do buy something online, I'll usually, you know, buy it from Apple uh, as well. So I, I just, I think I'm too far in uh, to, to see the daylight now, <laughs> which could be said yeah, we really... uh, about most Apple devices <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it really just comes down to the fact that especially with these new ones, uh, with as many TVs as we have across the house, it would just get very pricey very quickly. And as, as cheap as these fire TV sticks are, um, we really, so we, we used to have like, in before we moved here, then we had uh direct TV boxes at every TV. I think we had four TVs at that point, maybe just three actually. Um, but yeah, we just had three TVs. And so we had a we had a box at e at each each TV, and then when we moved in here, I can't remember why exactly, but uh, 
we wanted to pull that back to two. And so we were definitely just going to have a, a fire TV stick in the, in the girls room for their TV, which is all they, all they need. Cause the only thing they ever watch on it is a show um, at nap time when they do take a nap and then a show at bedtime. And it's just something off the Disney app or Nick jr or BBS or whatever it may be. Um, and, and, and we actually back, back when we had direct TV, I would go to the app even on the TVs that we had, uh, that we had direct TV on because in the app it didn't have any commercials. And so it was a 22 minute show instead of, uh, 28 or 30 minute show with these commercial breaks that children don't like at all and i i don't really you know if we can avoid advertising then we will why not so so that that was really nice plus it would just play over and over and over again i mean obviously episode after episode if you need it to um from a from a streaming service so that's nice too and so it just one thing led to another and they're super cheap and just cheaper and cheaper. And then this new remote got me. And so here we are. And that's another parenting with Philip sponsored by Amazon. Uh, Spider-Man far from home. I I'd, I'd like to talk more in depth. I don't know if we have enough time right now, but just, uh, Hadn't been, had, we the last time we met for a podcast, we watched Endgame together, and then you know came here and and did a podcast. But I haven't really talked to you much about uh, Far From Home, other than just a few few little lines on on the old Slack. So the first thing I have to tell you about Far From Home is that I went and saw it with my wife, and we got all the way to the opening. Sony right before the movie and she turned to me and she said hey am I going to miss anything because I haven't seen Endgame and I said <laughs> no I don't, I don't think so uh, I mean, we saw Homecoming right we didn't see we didn't see Civil War before we saw Homecoming and yeah there was stuff that was alluded to and Germany this and Germany that but nothing that she had to know you know to, to get the, the big hits of the movie and so about three minutes later, I'm just whispering a few key facts to her <laughs> just to, you know, catch her up, catch her up really, really quickly on, uh, on, uh, what, what the heck is happening? <laughs> yes, because, uh, I'd say this movie, you very much kind of needed to know, uh, what, what happened in, in, in game, uh, because turns I out mean, for, from a character development standpoint, Old Peter Parker, man, he's been through the ringer, and a lot of I mean, everywhere you they go in this movie, there's there's these, you know, uh, just visual cues about Iron Man and 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 all that, and, and of course, all this pressure being put on Peter to be the next Iron Man, whatever that means. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you you kind of had to know. <laughs> what happened in Endgame and uh I I was really glad that this movie was the first movie after Endgame because more than more than any other character I think Tony's death would have such a rich impact on Peter Parker so I I was really glad that that's how they decided to follow up 
that movie and kind of close out phase three. And um, I just, I just love this Peter Parker. I love um, uh, Tom Holland. Uh, he was so good in civil war and then homecoming homecoming is by far my favorite standalone Marvel movie. And what I mean by that is just like, just focused on a, a single character, right? Not one of the big team up uh, Avengers movies. And I just love that movie. We actually watched it this weekend uh, with Kanan. You know, I've been, I've been going through and editing all the MCU movies uh, so that my seven-year-old can watch them. And you're probably thinking, what's, what's in these movies they have to edit out? Well, you know, there's, there's, there's things, all right? Like if you're, if you're a certain type of parent who doesn't want your kids to hear certain things, there's definitely stuff in these movies. Um, and he he loved he loved spider-man so he really loved getting to, to see homecoming which i think is the 16th movie um and anyway i just watching that again reminded me how much i love that movie it has one of the best twists in all the mcu movies that i mean i i was just it's it slack jawed i mean literally i was like is this happening and uh every time i watch that movie i, I think about that that big twist and um so far from home i i don't like it when people say you know it's really better the second time you watch it but i kind of have to say that like i i was so uneasy the first time that i went through it just because i like spider-man you know there's a lot of pressure coming off of endgame um and there's so much deception in this movie. I mean, that's like what the whole movie is about really is like dealing with deception and all this pressure that, that Peter has. Anyway, I felt so much better the second time I watched it knowing and, and just being able to kind of like look for what was happening. Um, because the, you know, the big turn in this movie is that it's all basically, it's all a ruse, right. From, from Mysterio. And that's, that's his gig, right. That's his thing. Um, so there's a pretty big turn about, halfway into the movie and once that turn happened the first time I watched it I just felt so much better because I was like I don't like where this is going but then it was also kind of funny because that that that's like part of the meta-ness of the movie is like people will just believe anything now and I kind of felt like that was a commentary on the type of people who like these movies like th these comic stories can get so crazy but people just go with it because they love the characters or whatnot and so i don't know I, maybe i was reading too much into that but the whole first half of the movie i felt so uneasy because like this can't really be happening right and then obviously it turns out that it's not um but i really did enjoy this movie much more the second time when i didn't have all that pressure and uh it it i think it's a really funny movie they really nail this like this this different type of humor like thor's humor is really wacky right thor and was particularly the last thor and then the guardians movies have this really just out there silly zany you know more adult humor um but i think these spider-man movies really do a good job of hitting that you know he's a high school kid and and there's just a lot of funny stuff to 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 play with in in that age range and all the weird things that are going on in your life um but i just love peter parker i love tom holland and i love watching him struggle in this movie to kind of come to terms with 
you know, what, why are all these people putting these expectations on me and how do I handle that? And, um, and to me, he's the most important character moving forward, right? With, with Cap and Iron Man out. Uh, I think Spider-Man's like their, their big, uh, their big player now. And so I'm really excited to see where it goes after. And then just the, the post credit scenes alone were, were really fun. It was nice to be back in that normal Marvel post-credits feel of having those two post-credit scenes. And, and both of them were really, really interesting uh, to me. And I don't know what it means for his next movie or, or whenever we see him again, because who knows, I'm sure there'll be a, a third standalone movie, but maybe we'll see him again b- before that. Um, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought he was, he's just like, so, um, I don't know. Like he walked this fine line of not being over the top, but being like juicy enough to kind of like, you could kind of see like he's, he's borderline crazy, like, but he doesn't seem like a crazy person, but he really kind of is. And, um, I don't know. He just seemed like he was enjoying it. I'm not convinced that he's actually dead at the end of this movie. Uh, I don't I left I left this movie with a lot of questions and things that I'm excited about and we didn't really after Endgame there weren't a lot of questions like that so it's it feels good to be back in the whole oh yeah we got we got new storylines coming and new things to explore and uh you know the MCU still knows what it's doing and setting up all these longer term things that are going to happen and I really enjoyed it. I still think I probably enjoyed Homecoming more than than Far From Home, but I love me some Spider-Man. I do think it will be strange if he becomes the leader. And as, I guess I just don't see Spider-Man as like a shot caller, as like deciding what the group is going to do and 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 then we march off to do it because he's just been so not that um so i don't know it'll be a it'll be an interesting an interesting to see what happens there yeah and when i say he's the most important i just mean from like outside of what's actually happening in the stories like spider-man is just that he's this huge name right most people if they have no idea about any of these other MCU movies, you know, they have some name recognition with Spider-Man and it seems like he's just a really popular character. So I feel like he's going to be more heavily involved in, and they can't keep doing these high school movies because, you know, especially after watching homecoming this weekend, he looks so much younger in homecoming than he did in far from home. And they're probably to the point now where they could skip ahead and go to college and like, he's going to do some growing up. So uh, I'm, I'm just excited to, to see what becomes of Peter Parker in the fact that he's one of my favorite characters in this universe, but then also he's one of the most important characters for the MCU and seeing those two things kind of line up and, and where it could go from here. Uh, and, and, you know, having a, a son that is obsessed with Spider-Man, 
I think these are all good things for for me and and for Kanan for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, I know Tom Holland had I think a six movie contract, and three of them were standalone, and then three other like join up appearances. So he's already knocked out those three. He's done two standalone movies. They made over a billion dollars. They're definitely gonna continue this Sony Marvel partnership, but I think. As they renegotiate and see what his next contract looks like, I think we're going to see him probably all over the place. Um, And then I don't know how much you have heard about Phase 4, but I think there's opportunities for him to have some little team-ups here and there and and, uh, before we get his next uh, standalone story. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that the Tobey Maguire... Spider-Man obviously started in in high school with his origin story and didn't really make it you know far past 20 or or so and it got really weird when he <laughs> when he got very far past 20 and I really don't remember too much about Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man but I think he was trying to play as a high schooler even though he was way older than that and yeah. looked looked way older than even Tom Holland who's I don't know 22 or 23 um but looks you know looks very young and I think he can, he can pull off the high school look at this point um for this for this last movie that way but I I do just wonder if like if Spider-Man becomes the 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 lead dog of of the you know the the Avengers going forward, then obviously Spider Man has got to he, he can't get just rebooted again and booted back to high school again. Uh, it seems to me like we we really haven't seen Spider Man as you know as a, a adult at all or even you know any, anywhere certainly you know twenty one and. Uh, and not, you know, not just a young kid. And Spider-Man to me works really, really well as as a young kid. And I think they've they've played Spider-Man really well as as a young kid. Both both Tom Holland and just the way that they've written the character. Um, but I, I I guess the one I mean the one area where we've seen older Spider-Man is in Into the Spider-Verse, and uh, <laughs> I mean that's really played for for really great great humor. Um, but I, I guess I think it almost encapsulates to a certain extent how difficult it is to see Spider-Man as like just a just a full full on man, not a young kid. It just almost seems like that's part of it's almost part of the character as much as the webs are, are just that this is a young kid who is always, you know, I mean, obviously you got MJ and that whole relationship. But um, obviously, there's there's a little bit of uh, MJ and Spider Man being married in, in into the Spider Verse, and obviously, if you follow it to its logical conclusion, like that's where the romance would go. But it also just seems weird that Spider Man would be married. So <laughs> I don't know. Like I guess that's what really excites me is that we got in so young, and they had an actor that could actually pull that off for a number of movies. And maybe even one more, right? I mean, maybe it seems like every movie has kind of been like one year in his high school 
journey, right? So maybe we get one more uh, standalone movie and it's like his last year in high school. Um, but I really feel like they're going to just throw buckets of money at him and lock him down for maybe the next decade. Uh, and, and I think the Sony, uh, the, the PlayStation 4 game did a really good job of showing us an older Peter Parker. I think in that game, he's like 26, 27, somewhere in that range. So it's like he hasn't, I think he, he'd been Spider-Man for eight years, right, uh, in the game. So there are definitely some things they can do with a more seasoned Spider-Man. And the the other thing that really excites me about Spider-Man becoming the, not the fo- the sole focus, but becoming more of a, a lead person moving forward is when we start to think about potential villains down the road that could have more of a an overarching story across the MCU like Thanos did, maybe not to that extent because, you know, that's a pretty pretty big uh world altering character there. But if you start to look at well what are some potential villains that we could see moving forward that that play a bigger role not just in standalone movies but could expand to a bigger event, new Avengers level threat. I think there are there's characters within the the Spider universe that could become that, you know, like Harry Osborn or um, just the Sinister, Sinister Six in general, if you get like a, a big group of them together. Um, I don't know. The, and they even did things in this movie that kind of set some things up for the future. Um, they did some really interesting things with uh, that Flash character that just seemed seemed out of nowhere, but I feel like maybe they're setting him up to be someone th- different than we expect him to be. Like maybe he's kind of a... Um, a combination of characters uh, moving forward. Like you would expect a Harry Osborn to show up. Maybe, maybe flash is really going to fill that Harry Osborn role and moving into the future. So I'm just really excited about what that could mean for the larger, like phase four and into phase five, moving to these bigger overarching stories. I think a Harry Osborn or not a Harry Osborn, but a, a Norman Osborn character as a bigger villain could um could could take on that, you know, Thanos level role, at least for a few phases, maybe not a big ten year story like what we got with um with the last uh three phases of, of movies, but I don't know, man. It just feels good to be back in the speculation uh game again and, and watching these movies with that kind of eye of like what's next and what's coming. And, you know, they waited until after Spider-Man far from home came out and then made all these big announcements at Comic-Con, um, which they hadn't announced anything, you know, after Spider-Man. So it was, it was just exciting to be in that arena again, where we've got new stuff coming and guess what? It's not just movies. There's going to be all these Disney plus series that are, critically tied into the MCU. I mean they're they're not treated like second class citizens like the Netflix series were. I mean there's these announcements they made at Comic-Con, every one of these uh standalone Disney Plus series have direct effects and tie into the movies they announced in Phase 4. So it's going to be a situation where this movie comes out and then a show comes out and then what happens in that show, that 6 to 8 episode 
Cho directly plays into what happens into the next the next movie that comes out you know a few months later so that, to me this is really exciting they're doing these very interesting things and branching outside of just the movies as well and makes disney plus i mean i was gonna get disney plus anyway but now i mean like there's no doubt that i'm getting disney plus when it's gonna tie so heavily into the mcu moving forward and uh, to me, that's just really cool because I love the Netflix shows, but they never really mattered. And that kind of made me sad. I mean, they were fun to experience on their own. They were kind of their this own little side thing. Um, but for th- that type of show moving forward to really be able to have more room to develop characters, but then also have a huge impact on what's happening in the movies and vice versa, it's really exciting to... Uh, to this little nerd. 